Thanks for joining us for this episode of 13, and happy October. We want to start by thanking our new patrons, Lisa Hartwig-Williams, David Hollis, Kara Martin, The Real Ray Finkel, Travis Tomlinson, Arsh Dadwell, Roberto Leibowitz, Paul Harvey, and a very special benefactor who wishes not to be named. We couldn't do this without you. Patrons get access to our Patreon-exclusive Discord, where you can chat with us about the show or whatever else is on your mind. We're still sharing spooky photos from night walks, upcoming ghost tours in everyone's towns, and discussing whether or not vampires could exist in outer space. If you have any ideas about whether vampires could be lurking just outside our atmosphere, sign up, join the Discord, and let us know. You'll also get access to bloopers, behind-the-scenes audio, weekly updates on the show. Stickers, t-shirts, coffee mugs, too. One new member, chosen at random between now and November 1st, will get a copy of the script that we used for this episode. These scripts get marked up during recording and editing, and it's a really cool glimpse into the process. This month, we want to let our listeners know about another audio drama. Liz, go ahead and cue the music. The Orphans is a science fiction audio drama podcast and a personal favorite of mine. Blast off into a galaxy of intrigue, deception, and rebellion. A thriller anthology of a single dark universe. This is interconnected science fiction told across a vast galaxy featuring Beth Eyre and Felix Trench from Wooden Overcoats. You're really going to enjoy this one and I dare you to finish it between now and our next release. You won't regret it. Find The Orphans wherever you listen to podcasts, and stay tuned for a trailer after the show. We also have two very special guests this month, Emma Shujarko, who you've heard on Wolf 359, and Pairing, a podcast about pairing wine with art and culture, and they're not talking about food. Learn which bottles go best with discussions of art, books, movies, music, theater, and more. We also have Mike Schubert of Potterless. Mike is a grown man reading Harry Potter for the first time. Join him as he sits down with Harry Potter fanatics to poke fun at plot holes, make painfully incorrect predictions, and bask in the sassiness of the characters. And now, on with the show. Have you ever considered how much of your life is happenstance? Just dumb luck that you were born where you were and when you were. If I'd been born a couple years earlier or later and just a few miles away, I might be a completely different person. But that dumb luck of time and geography means that I ended up with the best friends I could ever imagine. We were all from the same small town, and we went to high school together. But that's not how we met. Not really. We knew each other's names and faces, but we weren't friends back then. After graduation, though, we all ended up going to the same college, all the way on the other side of the state. We saw each other around campus, crossing paths walking to class, exchanging little looks of recognition. But that was it for the first couple months. Again, 
We weren't friends back home. And I don't think any of us planned on becoming friends out here. We were building our own circles of friends and forming new identities. A fresh start. And then, October 31st, freshman year. The five of us ended up at the same Halloween party, completely independent of each other. Allison, Mariana, Owen, Mark, and me. It didn't take long for the five of us to break away from our friend groups and gravitate together. It was, objectively speaking, the worst Halloween party of all time. We'd all come there to meet new people, and it seemed to be a collection of the worst people on campus. So it wasn't long until we all left together. Owen lived closest, and we went to his place. We drank a lot that night. It was the first time any of us had had a significant amount of alcohol. And something happened. We bonded. We were all experiencing the same thing at the same time. We were becoming different people than the ones who'd passed each other in the hallways of our high school just a few short months ago. We were growing into better versions of ourselves. Or, we were learning that we didn't have to hide who we were anymore, and we were able to really be ourselves for the first time. It was a good night. While all our new friends were hanging out at the worst party ever, looking for connection, looking for something, we were discovering that the people we'd been looking for were right in front of us, all along. And so, after meeting at the worst party ever, we decided that the next year, we would throw an amazing Halloween party. And we did. And we did it again the year after that. And then, our last year, the party was massive. And that's what we're really here to talk about. Halloween night, senior year. Two traditions got started that night. Traditions that would carry us right up until today, almost 10 years later. After college, we all stayed close, even though Owen and Allison moved away. Mariana, Mark, and me, we all ended up back home. We still plan the best Halloween parties ever, all through our 20s. We'll all start turning 30 next year. And even though a lot has changed, even though we're spread out across the country, we're still close. And every year, a few days before Halloween, Allison and Owen fly in, and we still throw a big party to celebrate the spookiest night of the year. The party has changed since college. These aren't huge blowouts like our early 20s. But they're still a big deal. We invite whoever we're dating at the time, some other close friends. They become smaller, a little more toned down. But we still have a great time. But back to senior year. There are two things that happen every year at our parties. Two traditions that started that night. One, 
There will be a midnight game of hide-and-seek. It started because of Allison. She had a thing for this guy, and it was obvious that he liked her too. But for some reason, no one understood why. Neither of them would make a move. So we planned the game of hide-and-seek as a reason for her to sneak off with him. Hunker down in a tight spot, close together, you get the idea. And it worked. It worked really well. It was also just fun for the rest of us. The second thing you could expect at one of our parties. No phones allowed. When you arrive, you could take photos with your friends in costume. But once you were inside, the phones went into a box, and you didn't get them back until you were ready to go. It gave the party a kind of mystique. People imagined a wild party where ordinary people can let themselves do things they'd never want photographed or recorded. In reality, though, it was just a pretty normal party. But people loved it for some reason. It got their imaginations turning. I wish these traditions had a happy beginning. But they don't. They started because something awful happened at that party senior year. We were set up in three houses that were side by side, just off campus. Those three houses had big front and backyards. No fences, so people could wander freely between them. It was a pretty cool setup. Earlier in the day, we helped Allison pick out her hiding spot. A place far away from everyone else, where they would have some privacy. Behind the furthest house, in the furthest yard from where the game would begin, there was a shed, almost right up against the big wooden privacy fence. It was old and beginning to fall down on itself. No one would run that far to find a spot. It was perfect. They would have to squeeze in real close, press together, and that's exactly what they did. And, well, things happened. We thought that they'd ducked out and gone back to one of their places, but they were actually back behind that shed the whole time. A little while later, they came striding back into one of the houses to find us. She had a big, stupid grin on her face, and so did he. And we were happy for both of them. They had plans to meet up in a couple days. Everything went perfect. The rest of the party went great. About two in the morning, the crowd started to filter out. By three o'clock, we were winding down for the night. We had no idea that something had already happened that would change all of our lives forever. What we thought had been a great Halloween would turn out to be a nightmare. We wouldn't find out until the following day just how bad that night had been. I remember waking up and hearing Mariana and Allison in the next room. It's impossible. No one else was there. Maybe it's a rumor. Maybe it's just someone that looks like you. We need to find it. I'm trying. I'm really trying. When I came out, Allison's back was to me, 
and Mariana gave me a look that said, please, leave it alone. Owen came out of his room, too. Allison turned around and saw us, and she started crying. I thought someone had died. That's the only reason I'd ever seen someone that upset. A notification went off on my phone. An email hit my inbox. The subject line said, Isn't this your friend? I was in a daze, still waking up, very hungover. Otherwise, I wouldn't have opened a random attachment without any context. But I did. I heard it before I registered what I was looking at. Did someone email me a porn video? But then I saw it. And I looked up to see Mariana and Allison staring at me. Allison rushed at me to grab my phone. When she saw the screen, it was like I watched the life draining from her eyes. Someone had filmed her. Her and the guy that she brought to the party. And it was spreading. We never found out who took that video of Allison. We know they were at the party, but there were so many people in and out over the course of the night. No one could keep up with who showed up and how long they'd stayed or where they were. The video itself, it seemed to have been taken from a high angle near the corner of the shed. Our best guess is that someone beat them to the spot they climbed up on that shed to hide, and when they heard what was going on beneath them, they got their phone out and started recording. The police were no help. They just told her that she should have been more careful. They weren't even sure a crime had been committed. Worthless. Meanwhile, the video had spread to everyone she'd ever met. Even her family. She finished out the semester on campus, but that was it. She was miserable. At first, it was the messages from every guy she'd ever met, telling her they were there for her if she needed to talk. Right. And then it was the stairs the conversations that you know happen as soon as you leave the room, the way they mimicked her expressions in the tape. They imitated the way she sounded. But maybe, maybe the worst part was never finding out who did it. People who are a lot more tech-savvy than me tried to figure it out. But as far as she knew, it could have been the person next to her in class. It could have been the person passing in the hall. The other four of us. We did everything we could to help. But what could we really do? When we heard someone talking about it, we confronted them. Owen broke someone's phone when he overheard them showing it to a friend. When Mariana found out that one of Allison's other friends was laughing about it, she called her out in public. We were her only real friends. And we made a promise. That we would look out for her. That if we ever found out who did it, 
we'd make sure they paid. And if the police wouldn't do anything about it, we would. At the end of the semester, she moved everything online and finished her degree remotely. She didn't even come to graduation. Allison wanted to be a teacher, but with that kind of video floating around, it was going to be really hard. So she started looking for jobs far away, and she found one halfway across the country. She moved away. It was the best decision for her, even though we hated to see her go. We had a group chat going, and we talked daily, but she didn't come home for a couple years. Everyone that she'd grown up with had seen that video or knew that it was out there. But after a couple of years, she started talking about coming back home to visit. She missed us, and we missed her. We'd had a couple of small Halloween parties without her. It's not like it was a secret. She knew they were happening. But we didn't talk it up in the group chat. It just felt... I don't know. It just felt like we shouldn't. But that third year, since she was already floating the idea of coming home for a visit, we told her that we'd love it if she came home for Halloween. Just the five of us and some close friends. We didn't know if she'd do it. She was pretty noncommittal, which was understandable. But Halloween night, at about 9 p.m., there was a knock at the door. And when we opened it, there she was. Back to the present day. It's October 30th, the night before Halloween. Me, Mariana, and Owen are still living back in our hometown. I went to get Allison and Owen from the airport. After about an hour on the road, we pulled up to my house. It was better than anything I should have been able to afford. I was in the right place at the right time. I had two guest rooms, so Owen and Allison were staying with me. They got settled in, and a couple hours later, when they were done with work, Mariana and Mark came over. And just like that, the whole group was back together. We sat around the table that night, catching up. Do you ever think you'll move back home? Oh, no. I don't think so. Oh, you should come home. Yeah, we could all move into the same neighborhood, just like back in college. You know, I finally got a good thing going for me. Besides, I could never get a teaching job here, you know? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have brought it up. No, it's fine. Really, I'm fine. I... I just don't think I could walk around here knowing that everybody's, you know, seen that. I don't know. I don't think most people even remember it. Well, that's because they don't see me around town. It's different when I'm not here. Everyone that I've met as an adult, I don't even care that much anymore if they've seen it. 
But here, it's different for some reason. I don't know, people that knew me when I was a kid? It's hard to explain. Look, if anyone brings it up, we can take care of that. No, no, no. I don't need any more help. Thank you. Yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have brought it up. (laughs) That's just it. I'm good. I'm over it. I really am. This district I'm working for. I told them about it up front. They know it's out there. I didn't want there to be any more surprises like before. And they were pretty understanding. I just know that as soon as I come back, it's going to resurface. That's all. Definitely. We just miss you. That's all. I miss you guys, too. And I'm good. I promise I'm good. Like, 90% of the time. Sure, sometimes I still just want to go back and burn that whole house to the ground and change my name and leave the country. But it happens less and less all the time. Owen perked up and turned to me. Speaking of houses... How did you afford this place? Ooh, do you want to tell it, or can I? He looked around the room. Are we about to hear a ghost story? Wait, are we staying in a haunted house? Mariana settled in, a devilish grin coming over her face. So, this house was built by a married couple. Maybe, like, in their 50s? I don't know. So, they start building this house, and as the construction gets going, they can't agree on anything. He wants to change the layout of the basement, she wants a whole different setup in the master bathroom. So, the cost of the place just balloons, and everyone that knows them said they were already having trouble with their marriage. This house just tipped it over the edge. By the time the house was finished, the marriage was over. He moved out, but he wasn't ready to just walk away. He started telling all her secrets around town. Nasty stuff, too. Trying to embarrass her. Stir up problems for her. Meanwhile, she couldn't afford to keep the place on her own. But she was humiliated. Broke and stuck in a house that should have been a windfall, but it just wouldn't sell. So, she reaches out to him and says she wants to talk. She wants to put an end to all this ugliness. She gets a little flirty with him, playing to his ego. He agrees to come over and talk it out. Maybe do a little more than talking. The last time he was seen, he was leaving his office telling his co-workers he was going to her place that night to show her who's boss. Whatever that means. And he's never seen again. So someone was killed here? According to the story, he wasn't just killed here. He's still in the house. Buried under the basement floor. The place wouldn't sell because enough people believed his body is still in the house. No way. I don't know if it's true. It's probably not because the police should have been able to find him when they searched the house. 
but you'd be surprised how many people believe it. I'm not even sure that I don't believe it, to be honest. And on that note, I've still got to work a half day in the morning. Mariana said her goodbyes. As she left, I helped her carry a few things down to the car. It was dark out. The street was quiet. There was bad weather coming. It was supposed to start raining tonight and continue on all day tomorrow. You could already smell it blowing in on the wind. When we were out of earshot from the house, she spoke up. Are we still on? I didn't get a chance to talk to Mark. Yeah, we're still on. They don't suspect anything? Owen is oblivious. I don't think Allison noticed anything. I can't believe he thought we'd never find out. We almost didn't. It took everything I had to bite my tongue in there. Talking about his dream job, making all that money, living his best life. Right next to her, after he ruined hers. I stopped liking him a long time ago. He's changed. Or maybe he's finally showing us who he was all along. Who's that? It's Mark. We're doing the right thing. We're making this right. I know. She can't find out. She can never find out it was one of us. It'll destroy her. She won't know. Is the plan still on? Yeah. Everything is still on. Good. We exchanged hugs, and then Mark and Mariana drove away. Back to their own homes. I went back inside where Owen and Allison were winding down. Once they were in bed, I went down to the basement. It was never finished. Part of the floor was concrete. The framing and drywall were up but never painted. There was a door frame with no door. And past it, the ground was dirt and the walls were cinder block. Back here, the floors had been prepped to be poured with concrete. The contractor was scheduled to come back and finish it next week. Over against the far wall, there was a hole that Mariana, Mark, and me had spent the last two days digging. About four feet down. Big enough for a person. You've probably figured out by now that it was Owen who filmed Allison back in college. Made that video that humiliated her. Made it so she couldn't keep a teaching job because one of her students would inevitably Google her. And for what? Was he jealous? Did he want to be with her? And he punished her for choosing someone else? It didn't matter why. I looked at the hole and thought about what we were going to do. How it would change things. Forever. There are two traditions at our Halloween parties. One, there's always a midnight game of hide-and-seek. Two, we lock up the phones. There'll be no calling for help.
The next day was all party prep. Mariana got off work at lunch and came over. Mark wasn't far behind. We were making food, putting up decorations, and just doing a lot of catching up. The weather report was right. It had rained and stormed all day, creating the perfect ambiance for Halloween night. We told guests to start showing up around 8. That meant most people would come around 10. No one likes being the first person at a party. Old friends from here in town. Some close friends from college still made the trip, but fewer and fewer every year. Our best guess? There'd be between 15 and 20 people over the course of the night. And that was perfect for us. People will start drinking. And at midnight, we'll start the game. Just like every other year, anyone who doesn't want to play has to leave. This year, the basement is off limits. It's under construction, after all. This part of the night has to go just like normal. Three games, and then we start winding it down around 1.30. It would be too risky to try and do it while other people are here. Mariana gave me a look. I felt my chest tighten. Until now, it had all been talking and planning. But it was about to become real. Hey guys, what do you say we do one last game tonight? After everyone leaves? Just us? For old time's sake? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, that'll be fun. Mariana, Mark, and me. We exchanged glances. The plan was in motion. Just as expected, people started arriving around 10. Mark worked the door, which meant he was in charge of collecting the phones. Hi! We made it! Hey, come on in! Oh, um, can we take photos in our costumes first? Of course! Oh no, I want to be in it too. Come here, get behind me, let's go. We did our best to act natural. We didn't want anyone to look back at the night and think that we were acting strange. I think we held it together pretty well. But I was a nervous wreck. I had trouble following conversations. Hey, do you remember Amy? We were neighbors and she works with Mariana now. Hey, I love your place. The crown molding is just absolutely... I looked across the room and Owen was talking to two of Mariana's friends, going on about his new job. The weird hours, the obscene bonuses, telling bullshit stories about living in the city. We all knew he was full of it, and I'm pretty sure her friends did too. But they humored him. Mariana caught me watching them. She rolled her eyes and smirked. We were thinking the same thing. The night crept by. Time passed at a crawl. It was getting close to midnight. Almost time for the game to begin. With a nod and a signal from the others, Allison jumped up on a chair, drink still in hand. 
excuse me. Pardon me. Oh, sorry. Okay. Here we go. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Woo! Okay. The midnight hour is fast approaching. And that means that it's almost time for the game to begin. If you're not planning to play, I'm afraid this is goodbye. You can pick up your coats and phones from Mark by the door. Nobody? Everyone is staying? Perfect. There will be three rounds. The first person found is our seeker for the next game. But don't leave your spots just because someone gets found. Each round lasts 20 minutes or until the last person is found. You'll know that the round is beginning when the lights go off. And you'll know that the round is over when the lights come up. Is everyone clear on the rules? All right, it's 11.48. Everyone, get another drink. You're gonna need it. Well, maybe you don't need it, but it's gonna make it a lot more fun. We'll draw names right here at 11.55. She forgot the most important part. I told her to announce that the basement was under construction and off-limits. We can't have someone going down there and finding a hole in the ground, big enough for a person, the same night that someone's about to go missing. We'd have to announce it during the name draw. After these three rounds, we'll say goodbye to our guests, and we'll play our final round. Just the five of us. Earlier in the day, I made five pieces of paper for our private game. They all had Allison's name. She would be back in the room counting while Mariana took Owen downstairs. Me and Mark would be waiting. We'd hit him in the head, knock him out, and finish the job while he was unconscious. We'd dump him in the hole and cover it up with pallets and tarps. Tomorrow, I'll cover him up with dirt Then Monday morning, when they come to pour the rest of the concrete in the basement, it'll seal them in for good. Someone will run upstairs, open and close a door, loud enough for Allison to hear. When we can't find him after the game, we'll talk about how we heard the door. He was drunk, he must have wandered off. Maybe he tried to go find Mariana's friends that he'd been chatting up all night. And something had happened to him on his way. Vanished without a trace. We had made a promise to stand by each other. All those years ago. To stick up for her. To always have each other's backs. And he not only betrayed that promise. He was the thing she needed protecting from. We always said that if we found out who did it, we'd make them pay. And tonight, we're going to make good on it. 
The clock struck 11.55. The crowd gathered, and Allison pulled a name from the hat. It was one of the guests. She'd been here before, and she knew how the game worked. Allison walked our first seeker back to the room where she would wait for the lights to go out. And as soon as she was around the corner, everyone scrambled to their hiding spots. I heard footsteps running up the stairs and doors creaking, the sounds of people shuffling into their hiding places. Mariana and I stayed close. From our hiding spot, in total silence, with only the dim glow of the streetlights outside coming in through the windows. I could read her face. I could tell that she was afraid. So was I. But we were determined. The lights came up and everyone was coming out of their hiding places. I looked around. The basement door was open. Who went into the fucking basement? We rushed downstairs and we found... Owen. Owen with Mariana's friend at the bottom of the stairs. What the hell is going on? Both of them looked shaken. My heart was pounding. Did they find it? Did they find the hole where we were going to bury Owen? Did he somehow figure out what it was for? I looked around for Mark and Mariana, but they weren't in my line of sight. Owen was pointing into the back room, the room where we dug his grave. And that's when it hit me. The smell. Owen was shouting that he'd seen something back there. What the fuck was he talking about? And then another wave of the smell came over me. The smell of decay. And then it all came into focus. Are you fucking kidding me? That urban legend about the man who came over to see his ex-wife and ended up buried under the floor or entombed into the walls. Well, here he is. The side of the hole that we had dug for Owen had collapsed inward, probably due to all the rain and there was a hand poking out from the dirt. We started clearing everyone from the house. Allison took control upstairs. Me, Mariana, Mark, and Owen. We stayed in the basement. The three of us looked back and forth at each other, while Owen kept rambling about what we needed to do next. Mark gave us a look that said, Well, what now? Mariana gave a quick and stern shake of her head. You know what? No. No! We need to figure this out. Owen still thought that we were talking about the body. Mark made eye contact with Mariana, and then me. Allison came running down the stairs. What's going on? Why are we yelling? Mariana took a hard turn toward Owen. Okay, I'll tell you what's going on. We know. All the color drained from Owen's face, and years of dread 
came to the surface. We know it was you. You filmed Allison behind the shed. You ruined her life. We were supposed to look out for each other, and you, you were exactly what we were supposed to be protecting each other from. He looked around the room, the unmistakable look of someone who'd been caught. You're not going to try to deny it, are you? Oh my God, why is there a hole in the ground? And then I could see it on Owen's face. All at once, he put it together. Mark tried to redirect him. They're doing some plumbing work over there before they seal it up. Were you going to put him in that hole? He ruined your life, so... So what? You were going to kill him? You're really not taking this in the spirit it was intended. He filmed you! I know! You know? Yes! He told me. He told me about it years ago. The summer after it happened, i just moved away, and we were texting. And he said he had something to tell me. And he told me everything. I don't believe that for a second. You don't have to. It's not your problem. The hell it isn't. And you just let it go? No, of course not. I was livid. I was ready to kill him myself. That's why I didn't come around for a couple of years. Allison turned toward Owen. And you. You had no right to do that. I don't care if you didn't mean for it to get out. It did. And the rest of you. Treating me like a goddamn little sister. Like you have to step in every time any little thing happens. I'm a fucking adult. You need to stop trying to control my life. And you can't bury someone in your basement to protect me. I don't need your protection. We can't do that. You're our best friend. We made a promise back then. I still really don't think you're seeing what we're trying to do for you here. Oh my god. I am going upstairs and I am calling the fucking police. We looked around the room for a long time. No one made eye contact. It was like Owen wasn't even there. And then we heard something. Did she lock the door? Is she moving furniture? I think we all knew it before any of us wanted to say it. Do you smell that? Is that smoke? You know what? You're right. Maybe I have depended on you too much. Maybe it's time for a fresh start after all. Sometimes you just have to burn the whole fucking thing down. Thanks for joining us for this episode of 13. If you like what you've heard, stop what you're doing and leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. 
This has been A Midnight Game of Hide and Seek, written by Ian Epperson and Brooke Jeanette. Narrated by Ian Epperson, Allison was Brooke Jeanette, Mariana was Emma Shujarko, Mark was Mike Schubert. Special appearances from Liz Walker, Bridget Howard, Haberlin Roberts, Elle Woolery, and Nina Monticello. Editing and sound design by Liz Walker, and music by Kayla Ritchie. Our Patreon partners get access to an exclusive Discord channel to chat with the creators, merch, bloopers, behind-the-scenes content, and weekly updates on the show. We're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at some version of 13pod or pod13. Just look for the logo and we'll have links in the show notes. If you'd like to submit a story to be performed on the show or contact us about anything else, get in touch at info at 13podcast.com. You can find that in the show notes too. Stay tuned for a trailer from The Orphans. Bridget Howard has something to show you in the basement. Thanks for listening. See you next month. I can't remember. No, me neither. I can't remember anything. So no one remembers anything. Those things are going to come back and they're going to kill us in our sleep. We need to go. Run. Just go. Right, everyone get behind me. We're leaving. If you get in my way, I will end you. Get off of him, Nora. Hello. How can I be of service? The Orphans Crash. Search The Orphans in your podcatcher of choice.